I'm Mike Breen, Public Awareness Officer at the American Mathematical Society, and I'm talking with Walter Craig, who's Canada Research Chair of Mathematical Analysis and its Applications at McMaster University in Hamilton, Ontario, and we're talking about the connections between math and tsunamis. So, Walter, can you tell us what math is used in understanding tsunamis and, and how it's used? Well, let's see. A tsunami is a wave in the ocean, a big one, but a wave nonetheless. A wave in the ocean is, uh, represents a movement of water. Uh, water motion in motion is hydrodynamics, and there are well-established and reasonably well-known and also sometimes quite challenging partial differential equations that describe the motion of fluids, in this case water. That's already a start. The biggest challenges in modeling an ocean are that it's a free boundary problem. That is, the ocean moves and the surface moves, and the domain over which you are solving your equation also moves. So you have to not only solve for the motion of water, you also have to solve for the domain, that is, where the water is. So it's a classic dynamic free boundary problem, and it's a nonlinear dynamic free boundary problem in general. Now, are the solutions then analytic or are they numerical? Well... That's a question of philosophy, <laughs> meaning the equations model the water. The water is always a little more subtle than the equations. Made some simplifying assumptions, such as viscosity has this form, or water is incompressible, which is only approximately true. So you, you say the water does what it does, the equations approximate the water, and then how do you know something about the solutions? Well, they could be numerical approximations. They could be theorems about the existence of solutions, so it's a little bit more abstract, a little bit less specific to particular solutions. You could model by asymptotic analysis solutions, and that would uh, involve uh, classical techniques of applied mathematics. And then you could solve or numerically solve or prove theorems about or find special solutions to the model equations for water. So, okay, I've just given you a uh, rainbow, a whole spectrum of ways in which you're supposed to, that's why it's philosophy. Which way do you know a solution? And to what extent do you know a mathematical fact is true? Is it a theorem? Is it a prediction? Is it a asymptotic analysis given some hypotheses? Is it a special solution and you make the uh, jump of a reasoning, the saying, all solutions have something in common with certain special solutions. You talked about the tsunami moving in open water. How significant is the, the shape or topography of the shore in determining a tsunami's impact? Oh, that's a, that's a very important. Let me back up a little bit from that question. Sure. What happens in a tsunami? Tsunamis are generally caused by large motions of water, often caused by earthquakes, sometimes called by caused by undersea landslides, which displace land, which displace uh, Earth's crust, which displace water, and then a wave propagates through water. So, in the middle of the ocean, a tsunami can actually be quite subtle. So, just to give you an idea of scales and sizes, I suppose there's an earthquake, as in Japan, the sea floor moved about 60 centimeters to a meter. Actually, I think the shore moved 60 centimeters to a meter, so the, you can assume that the sea floor moved more. It was a certain component of that motion was vertical that raised water uh, because the water is lying, and it's actually rather light compared to moving all that rock. So the water is light, it raised the water, then water propagated from that zone where it was raised in waves, and in a wave. And so a wave that is, say, a meter high, but the size of the zone in which earthquakes was in, influential, which is some, say, just for scale's sake, 100 kilometers square, 
that's lots of water in motion, and uh, that's a lot of potential energy raising it up that's turned into kinetic energy, and that's a typical origin of a tsunami. That's the start. Mm -hmm. uh, so then when it gets to shore? Yeah, so then let's think about its propagation. Studying those hydrodynamic equations I, I talked about earlier, mm -hmm. scientists, uh, me, I follow them, know effectively how fast such waves propagate on the surface of the water. And it depends on the depth, and the depth could be, I think that region was three, four kilometers, so the, the, way, the, the, the speed could be 500 to 700 kilometers an hour traveling in, in, in the ocean. So I think that earthquake took place, the epicenter was some several hundred kilometers offshore and probably had 15 minutes before it hit shore, which is not a lot of time for a tsunami warning system. It is not very high. Water was raised maybe as much as a meter, but a meter wave in a usual ocean is no great shakes. It is also of a very long wavelength. So we said, just for scale's sake, about 100 kilometers. So if you're in a boat, you don't really see it. Your boats kind of move a little bit extra. Satellite can detect it among them by because it sees the average of the wave field. But maybe in a maybe in a boat you wouldn't you wouldn't see much at all. Maybe slightly strange current. As it gets to shore, the water in front slows because it's uh, getting shallower. And there's in shallow water, the uh, ocean waves travel. Uh, less rapidly. Behind it, the waves are moving faster, water piles up. And on a straight shore, it's going to pile up in a way that's different than on a shore with topography, with convex or concave or otherwise bottom conditions which focus or defocus this water that's, that's piling up. So I think on shore it can be quite complicated. I spent a little time trying to imagine it because sort of these cartoon ideas that one grows up with about tsunami being like a large breaker, which is a beach on a wild day, a breaker is going to be uh, maybe two or three meters high, and this is now going to be a breaker, which is twice or three times that, or I don't know. It's hard for me to imagine. Well, so I, I think that's not the right impression. I think it looks like, well, the tide is a wave. So I think it looks, tidal wave is kind of a misnomer, but maybe not enormously off. A tide is a wave with a period of 12 hours. Water comes up and water comes down. It's just a very long wavelength. The tsunami is going to have long but less long wavelength. It will go up and down in maybe half an hour. So I tried to think of a tsunami approaching the shore. It will be like the tide coming in, maybe amplified by two or three. That is, the tide is going to come in, but the tide, which is usually going up and down a meter or two, is going to go up and down three meters or six. And it comes in in, say, 20 minutes and then goes out again in 20 minutes. And the sea could be calm, and it could come in. So it kind of sounds subtle and dramatic at the same time. So in my mind's eye, I would see the water rising quite rapidly, faster than a tide. Of course, it has to be, but not like a breaker coming at you, but a fast. And if it could be that there's a hydraulic jump in front, because it's like when you drain a plastic swimming pool, the water flows out, and at the front, the water doesn't just go smoothly on. It has a jump. So you can imagine... A, hydraulic jump of a couple meters, but behind it, you know, this is a wave that is 100 kilometers long, so it doesn't go down. It goes down 100 kilometers later, so it's like that high, so it's extra six meters of water with a hydraulic jump in front impacting on land, and this is in my mind, my, my mind's eye, and then actually the most recent tsunami, which was just off the Tohoku coast, People had cell phones with video cameras in them, and those were the first videos I've ever seen a tsunami. And they were just about like that. The wave, just water was just rising up, flowed across the, the tarmac of the airport, pushing cars and airplanes in front of it.
the wave rose up. Uh, here's a, uh, one of their famous anti-tsunami walls. Rose up, went over the wall, tipped large fishing boats over the wall. It wasn't storm conditions. It was just lots of water rising quite fast. That's Walter Craig, Canada Research Chair of Mathematical Analysis and its Applications at McMaster University. And in Part 2, Walter will talk more about tsunamis, including the different characteristics of the Sumatran earthquake and the one that struck just off Japan. And he'll also do a little myth-busting. <laughs> 